And welcome everybody, Red Leaf Retrocast, Retro Gaming, episode 141. We're inching closer to 150, guys. Who knew this day would come? Not me. Not <laughs> me. Yeah, uh, this is the podcast with the most rolling hosts, I believe, but uh, lots of consistency over the last few years. Thank you guys for joining me for another episode, and Joey, it was your pick. Yes, it was. You did not pick ass of ass games. I'm very happy. No, I decided to be nice this time. Okay. How long will that last? Uh, probably just this one time. Just this one time. Well, I, spoiler, I really enjoyed these two games quite a lot. Yeah. Me too. And what is the theme that you went with for our two games? Oh, what did I call it? Was it Platforming Buddies? That is what you called it. Yes, Platforming Buddies. A very classic, I guess, mid-90s to early 2000s theme for a lot of games. Yeah. <clears throat> you got a bunch of pals and you got some platforms. Good stuff. What else can you ask for? Yeah. And then uh, I, the two games you went with uh, were really different from each other in how they uh, performed and uh, obviously the eras that they were. Yeah, got some good variety here. Yeah. Uh, and before we go into what games we've been playing, guys, I watched the entire first season of the Twisted Metal TV show that's on uh, Peacock, that streaming app. Are you guys There's familiar a with Metal Show now? Ah, uh, there we go. Yes, it just came out, Colin. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, it's ten episodes. Everything's like thirty to forty minutes an episode. Very okay. uh, quick to watch. And what is your memory, top of your head, over what Twisted Metal was and is? Uh, cars with guns shooting each other in okay. an arena setting. And blowing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What about the characters? Like, I know it's not really all that uh, in-depth with the games, but if you remember at all reading the manuals, they kind of gave you a backstory loosely over what the characters were, and if you beat, if you won yeah, the they tournament, are, they got a wish. Yeah, they're all searching for something like, oh, I need someone died, or oh, I need this, and Calypso was supposed to grant their wish if they won. Right. Uh, do you do you remember the campiness to like how the wishes went down or the wackiness to the introduction to all the characters? Not at all. Can't say that I do, although I did um, watch videos online of the different endings for the different characters at times. Right. Okay. So you know Calypso is kind of a D bag. Yeah, always yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, he always takes their wish and grants it in a way that <laughs> makes them worse off than before or something. Kind of like a monkey paw. Kind of, yeah. Kind of like that. There's only, um, in my memory, there was only one person that like actually got their wish because it was fucked up to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't recall what Sweet Tooth ended up winning, like what his wish was. Might need to remind myself. But anyways, uh, the show is very campy. A lot of campy comedy-esque to it. However, the action is quite good. Lots of cars shooting at each other. Uh, it sets... Season 1 is essentially a setup... <clears throat> uh, season one's essentially a setup for the tournament, guys. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, so it gets you to know the characters and kind of the world and environment that they're all a part of, which I think is a is a very good intro and setup uh, because just dropping, just making a TV show and dropping them straight into a tournament without like knowing anybody. Uh, th this I hope it does well because by the time I finish the first season and it sets all that up appropriately that now it's like, okay, I know who a bunch of these characters are. I know what they're about. Uh, you know, they can do some twists and turns to it. I, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, Sweet Tooth is a phenomenal psychopath character uh, oh. played by Samoa Joe from AEW. So there's your wrestling crossover. 
Uh, I looked up Sweet Tooth. It looks like the only wish I can see real quick was this from Twist Metal 2 where he wanted to become a bug. So he no longer has to live a life where he needs to kill people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think um, I don't think that's the one. <laughs> I don't think that's the one where he's going with. But uh, season one follows uh, essentially the character Roadkill, which is great because that's that was my kind of go to player in Twisted Metal. If you remember, Joey. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, he's. He's a guy with amnesia, no past kind of deal. And um, essentially, a lot of these people are cour- couriers. They call them milkmen. They're they're just delivery boys from these uh, town to towns where th- there was an apocalypse. Essentially, it's like Y2K actually happens. And then the cities built walls. So if you live in the city, there's all sorts of kinds of fucked up shit but it's a considered a utopia by the people on the outside so it's it's just a waste it's essentially wasteland what i'm going with and over the course of the season while he's trying to make this delivery uh you meet all a whole host and bunch of other uh twisted metal like characters uh and then some people just make straight up cameos of like the less interesting people like pizza boy i think he's from twisted metal 4 if memory serves, they're just like in a bar and it's like, oh yeah, check that guy out. That's his name's Pizza Boy. That's his nickname. <laughs> it's like, why do they call him that? Well, <laughs> makes sense. Um, so the the main villain, quote unquote, of the first season is Outlaw, and he's a great character. Uh, he's very pivotal to a lot of it. And then there's, if you remember the the games loosely as much i was kind of trying to vaguely remember it myself is um there was like there's been multiple quote-unquote outlaws like decrypted and uh or um messed up cops basically so it kind of puts them all together into like one character sort of which is kind of cool um yeah very campy uh lots of kind of one-liner comedy but it fits the game, it fits the motif of that, and it's a lot of just cars going around shooting each other, which is pretty rad. So, Is it live action? Yes, it's live action. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I think my favorite part was definitely the portrayal of Sweet Tooth and just being an absolute nutcase, <laughs> appropriately. I mean, yeah, I was going to say Sweet Tooth is a nutcase. Yeah. Uh, a nut bar, if you will. <laughs> yeah, uh, very good, very good show. I highly recommend it if you're into the Twisted Metal series as much as I am. Uh, it's not even, it's, it's like just enough referencing the game, but also its own thing. So I found that actually quite more enjoyable than just being this weird faithfulness to it. Uh. Yeah, good stuff. Flower Power's in it. Um, not quite the Flower Power we remember, Joey, from like Twisted Metal 3. Yeah. <laughs> but they do some twists on different characters, and you can kind of tell who is who, like, immediately. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, I kind of feel like Twisted Metal is the kind of series you can take a lot of creative liberty with. Oh, absolutely, because there's no, like, quote-unquote story to it other than people are in cars, they have wacky pasts, and they shoot each at each other trying to get a wish, right? Yeah, well, I mean, there's the story, because the Sweet Tooth takes over. He overthrows Clipso after the third one. So there's some story there. Um, I thought it was like Twist Metal 4 or something, but... Uh, yeah, Twist they... Metal 4 is when he is in charge. Okay, so... all right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so 3 was he, he takes his job. Yeah, I mean, because there's so many different types of endings with the games... That the show could go any anyway, yeah. Any you any pick, direction they kind of want. Uh, you pick one wish, and you go from that one. Yeah, one great part of the series. So if you guys remember or played the PS3 Twisted Metal game, which didn't get a whole lot, whole hell of a lot of love, but Sweet Tooth has a bunch of like followers, <laughs> and that's kind of the crux of the game. So a, a a little part of the show is Sweet Tooth amassing these like kooky followers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah funny 
it's funny stuff. Basically, what I'm saying is, go watch the show. It's I think it's worth your time, uh, and don't take it too seriously. It is definitely not made to be that. Is it on any streaming platforms? Yeah, or? Peacock. I'm not sure what your access in Canada to Peacock is, Colin, since it's NBC property rights. Uh, probably yeah. not, but I'm sure you could probably find this uh, somewhere online. You know what? It might be. It wouldn't shock me if it's on, like, uh, what is that uh, streaming service? Crave? Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have a look, see yeah. if I can find it. It wouldn't shock me if it's on Crave or something for you uh, Canadians out there. Cool. All right. Games we've been playing. Joey, you go first. Uh, didn't really get to play too much games. I played a little bit of uh, Diablo 4 because the season started. Didn't okay. get too far in that. I tried playing some more of Dave the Diver, but it kept freezing when I was trying to start a new day. So I haven't touched that in a week because that was annoying me. Oh. <clears throat> Dave the Diver failed you? For the time being. Okay. I mean, I'm back to it. And I just hope I don't have to restart my game. From the beginning, but I mean, I'd probably be more efficient this time. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing. I haven't gamed too much. Colin, how about yourself? I I actually haven't had much time to game either, both for the cast and off of it, because past couple of weeks have been very busy. I mean, I had to take my had to take my car to the mechanic for the past couple of weekends. Is uh. The engine's been hesitating, just kind of running really weird. And on on occasion, if I if I accelerate while it's doing the hesitating thing, it stalls out. So, and then my mechanic also found that a lot of the suspension and brakes are getting really worn. And I knew this for a while, but it's pretty much time for a new car for me. So. That pretty much just clinched it. Damn, hate to hear it. Yeah, it's, never, it's a pain. Never good to feel. Never good to. Um, well, I guess if you can afford it, <laughs> the car is good. A new car is always a good feeling. But yeah, if you gotta yeah. kind of go through it, and you gotta scrape for money. That's never a. That's never a good feeling. I'm. Um, yeah, I'm. I've been spending a lot of money myself on just like weird, like home projects, like. Uh, Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the, I'm, uh, after the podcast today, I'm finally finishing out putting in, uh, the lights in my basement. And then I'm going to finally finish out decorating, decorating, quote unquote, the, uh, the golf room. Uh, gonna be doing that because over the past week it's been raining a lot. And oh my God, I played an atrocious level of golf, uh, this past week. But you will hear more of that on the, uh, wrestling podcast, which begins with a lot of <laughs> golf talk these days. That is my new, new thing over there. New gimmick, new shtick. Yeah, so if you are interested in hearing more about my golf ventures and learnings and watching the LPGA, <laughs> you're gonna have to go over to the wrestling podcast for that one. So I won't bore you with that. But the point is, Colin, uh, getting new lights in the basement, and I took an elect uh, an electrician's class, a beginning level one. So I can learn nice. how to uh, learn how to do all that. I gotta. I'm gonna learn That's... how to put in like LED dimmer switches and just random stuff. Learning, bro. These like Home Depot, Lowe's, uh, places, they have workshops where you can like learn the basics of all this. So you because yeah, you mentioned it in a previous cast. Yeah, I've been to a, a quite a number of them now, and they finally had the electrician one. And That's interesting electrician stuff is one thing I won't touch that and plumbing. Oh, yeah. But like I've done I've done the plumbing one with um, and it's it's real basic stuff, but it, it's definitely stuff to help you kind of diagnose what your problem is. Uh, so you basically learn. The uh, if you have something like a leaky pipe on your bathtub, you know how to fix it now, you know how to turn the water off, you know how to apply the proper tape. Uh, put it in the right directions, like all these basic things where you can fix it yourself and not spend hundreds of dollars on a plumber for something very simplistic, right? 
Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and it's ele- electric electrical and plumbing is always terrifying to people uh, with good reason yeah. because if you fuck it up, it's you know it could be way worse than than it is. But yeah, uh, you could get a fire. <laughs> right, exactly. Because or electrocute yourself, or what or have flood you. your basement? Yeah, or water damage your walls and shit. Yeah, and you don't want to do that. But um, like for something as simple as I want to put in a new lighting fixture. What are the proper steps and procedures so I can install this shit correctly so I don't burn myself? Uh, easy upgrades rather than paying professionals to do it. Um, you know, it sounds it sounds like it, it. It always when you say when you say things out loud and the people that know it or kind of grew up doing these things, it sounds like oh, how do you just like how do you not know how to change a tire on a car? Well, if you've never done it before, never had a reason, why would you know how to do it? That's yeah, if changed. you don't do it properly, it's life threatening. Right, yeah. and if you don't change your pro- tire, <laughs> like, oh man, I forgot to like bolt this down properly. Oh shit, the tire's off on the highway. <laughs> Good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually yeah. saw that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't touch your let, and that's you hear some knocking sound while you're driving. You're like, what the fuck's going on? That happened to me once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's happened to me a few times. Loose lug nut. Just take out the tire iron and tighten that bitch. Yeah. I mean, I, I've changed lights before. I've installed um, fan, light fan type stuff. Did it want wrong once, but yeah, I can see taking a class of that would probably be pretty nice. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, it's it's been crucial to me to take these classes because I do live alone. <laughs> uh, I've had almost no experience doing this kind of housework. And if, if I want to even, it's not even just upgrading, like, you know, my bathroom, my bathtub story is always funny where it's like, how did I get water underneath the liner of my bathtub? What do I need to do to tackle this? What are the proper steps before I got to spend hundreds of dollars and, you know, learning those things. But anyways, putting new lights in the basement, going to be sweet little led actions. Very excited. It won't be dark as fuck down here anymore. Very happy. <laughs> it's gonna have nightly raves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh anyways. Colin, you were saying before I rudely interrupt. Yeah. yeah, and uh last night I actually went into Toronto to do uh, an escape room on a ship. I probably told you about it before. Oh yeah, you mentioned that when I was in Toronto, you wanted to go do that. Yeah. Unfortunately, I got there too late, and the ship had already left. Oh, yeah. The ship embarked I, on its t- journey without you. Yeah. Bon you voyage, <laughs> Colin. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just hang out a banner on the back of the ship with a giant middle finger. <laughs> but, but I, I turned lemons into lemonade, and. Took a ferry to Toronto Island to look at the skyline all lit up. Because I've been meaning to do that for months. Mm-hmm. And it was totally worth it. Just sat on a chair on a little beach area and just looked at the city. Lit up like New York. Got plenty of photos. And not much more to say there. I just took the ferry back to the mainland and went home after that. Played a little bit of the one of the games we're talking about, and then went to bed. Totally exciting, I know. But as far as the the games I've been playing, I'm still getting through the story campaign of Smash Bros. Ultimate. But oh. I think I'm close to the end. I'm in the the last third of the Dark World, getting through the Castlevania section. So, wish me luck. Played good luck, a little good luck bit. on your endeavor for Smash Bros. <laughs> and I played a little bit more of the, the System Shock remake. Finally got an actual gun. Yes, do tell. That's what I was interested in hearing. <laughs> yeah, it still plays pretty similar to System Shock 2, although as far as inventory management goes, it's... It's more intuitive. It's it. It reminds me a lot of uh, Resident Evil's inventory management. Yep. 
And there's, I also get plenty of Deus Ex vibes from it. Ah, sorry, throat's getting gunky from that cold. And I played a little bit of the game Dusk. It's a, it's a boomer shooter, similar to the new Doom, but with a lot more primitive graphics. What convinced me to play it was that Andrew Holschult did the soundtrack, and he did work on the Doom Eternal DLC, and it was it was some kick-ass music, so thought I'd give this one a go, and it does not disappoint. Alrighty, that all you got? And that's yep. Yeah, that's pretty much everything I'm playing. Okay, I guess I'll finish this off. Uh, Pikmin Four, with a lot of the rain and everything. Uh, I've been able to get invested in at least one of these games, and after playing uh, Pikmin a few weeks ago for the podcast, uh, and Pikmin 4 coming out, bought that bitch, and I'm pretty close to the end. I'm actually going to like beat a game this year. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, a modern game, I should say. I've beat, I've beat some of these uh, retro games we played, but uh, yeah, Pikmin 4, uh, six areas to it, it looks like, which is... Uh, quite a bit more than the past games where there's only about three levels, really. Uh, there's there's certainly no uh, time frame restriction, uh, so it's m- much more relaxing where you're just kind of on a, a time frame per day, which is fine. Um, one thing that I've gotten way more into is uh, the aspect of co-op play is an option in the game, and mm. that's uh, that can be fun. You can kind of shoot Pikmin around and, and help attack and uh, do other things. So there's a co-op aspect to the game, which is nice. There's a two-player battle aspect, which that is tons of fun. Even playing against the computer, I find myself pretty addicted to it, uh, where it's like... how So there's a number of different k- kinds of battles you can do in Pikmin 4. Uh, they call it a Dondori battle, which is kind of funny. You, more or less, it's it comes down to how fast can you collect the most things, and then the more advanced aspects of it is uh, you can get uh, power-ups mid-level to stop people or do, do things. There's items you can use. There's uh, bonuses. Of like trying to go after certain certain items that uh, gets you like double or triple points, uh, that's very addicting, especially with friends. Um, believe it or not, I actually had a friend uh, come over the other day, and we we kind of played that for an hour, and that was a lot of fun. So nice, uh, yeah. And uh, the story is nothing like crazy. It's about what you expect if you've played any Pikmin game. Go gather the shit, get some currency. Uh, you can buy some items. You can upgrade your uh, your dog that's in it, uh, which mm. the dog makes a lot of things a lot easier in the game. Um, just uh, fully upgrade the smash attack that it has, and you pretty much just roll through enemies at that point. Um, the best level or sequence in the game I've come across to this point is there's like this liquid terminator thing in a cave. Uh, it's called a, uh, I think it's called a Wraith. I know it's in a past game. I can't remember if it was Pikmin 2 or 3. But, um, yeah, the game's like, oh no, you don't have any way of fighting this thing. Uh, just leave it alone and try to escape. And And I played it without the proper Pikmin to fight it. So it came down to me strategically kind of working my way around the Wraith to get to the, the final sequence so that like brought up a a huge amount of difficulty to it but it was a lot of fun uh i do like all of the different types of pikmin they introduced uh there's a night raid kind of tower defense mode with glow pikmin that you can do that's kind of fun uh the thing about pikmin is once you kind of learn the tricks of the game it becomes like really easy uh, especially the further you get away from Pikmin 1, uh, which we just played on the podcast earlier in the month. So, yeah, uh, I recommend Pikmin 4. It's um, I'm definitely going to beat this game sooner rather than later, probably before the next podcast. And uh, 
I'll probably just go right back to uh, Tears of the Kingdom and get through that game because uh, now a lot of other friends are beginning to beat that game at like 100 to 130 hours of gameplay. <laughs> hmm. So that's where we're at. Uh, on the horizon, I don't know if there's any other games coming out besides like Assassin's Creed, the new one. Uh, is anything on the horizon looking out for you guys? Mm, I'm trying to think. I know I know the remaster of Pikmin 1 and 2 is coming out in September. Oh so, my god, I just pulled up Metacritic and Metacritic uh, gave... Metacritic has uh, Twisted Metal at a 53 right now. <laughs> Come on. People are mean. Really? Yeah. Holy... Why a 53? I gotta... Okay, keep going. I'm gonna pull that up. I'm gonna see why people are uh, shitting on this show. Uh, let's see here. Hmm. Fan of the games will be thrilled by Sweet Tooth's scene-stealing brio, if not the uh, the structure of the show. The premise. Uh. Hmm. You guys still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. all right. Rotten Tomato has an audience score of 93%. Okay. So um, I think it's critics don't like it. I don't know. I'm looking on Metacritic 65. and a lot of the fan reviews are kind of either good or you bad. There's no in between. Um, I mean, Rotten Tomato 65 for reviewers, 93 for audience with 250 plus reviews. Uh, let's see what... Doesn't really give me a breakdown. Let's see what IMDb has. Uh, some people are complaining there's not enough car violence. Uh, I disagree. I thought there was a good amount to it. That's a 7.5 on IMDb. Okay. So maybe just Metacritic or a bunch of uh, piss babies. <laughs> Most are 10, followed by 8, then 7 and 9, then 1, then 6. So not too many 2 through 5s, but there's more 1s than there are 6, or 2 through 6, but everything else is top heavy. Okay. So let's see what the 1s have to say. Nah, that's if that's I like could. too bad of a score to even like consider a fair review. Yeah. So I would say... Seven through nine seems to be what a lot of people say. But I think it's going to be one of those things that you're going to, if you're a fan of the game, you're going to like it. If you're not, then it might be tough to follow. Yeah, I see. I see a lot of uh, fan reviews go and it doesn't depict the characters right. I'm like, I don't know. Like I said earlier, the characters are like what you read in a manual. You can kind of just make them whatever you want. And a lot of them change yeah. to game to game to game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, yeah. I, if anything, this could be Twisted Metal, uh, like another game in the series, just with the sa the characters of similar names. <laughs> and based on the reviews per episode, it looks like every episode gets better than the last one, except for the fourth one. The fourth one is the same rating as the first, but well, the third one's slightly worse than the second. But last couple episodes are all nines. Yeah, well, so. fa fans of the series tend to continue with it and then yeah. rate things higher as it goes but um i mean nothing's I say, under a 7.5 so I, I mean honestly i would say the weakest episode is the last one because it's a very yeah. kind of accomplishment downtime period to yeah, it and it's, and it's finishing out the season to set up season two i'll try to check whenever i get peacock again i mean joey you you have it right now I mean, I don't have it right now. Yes, you do. I'm, I'm, no, I, I bought it under your... <laughs> you bought it on mine? Yes! <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Goddamn. All right, then. I will watch it. Yeah, you've had Peacock all month. What are you talking I about, thought I thought he had another account. <laughs> no, no. I just, I just entered my shit on yours. <laughs> all right. Yeah, because Premier League starts in like two weeks, so... 
I'm going to start paying for it again. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably just going to buy another month. So don't even don't even worry about it. <laughs> you just let me know when I need to pay for it again. Yeah, uh, probably September. Probably what we're Fair looking enough. at. Because I'm still on the... Um, they just added... They just changed Peacock's kind of uh, tier structure. So I think the $6 tier now it also has commercials. So commercial... For, well, actually, Premier League won't have commercials, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because I watch all the golf stuff and there's no commercials on it. So $6 is fine. <laughs> Does the Premier League come with the... I don't know. It might be it might be Premier League's at the eleven dollar thing, but anyways, we're getting off off track here. Uh, <laughs> okay, I guess I'll play a drop, and uh, we'll get to kind of the the buddy fight stuff. Here we go. You know, I played the Ratchet and Clank one, and then I saw I did have a Twisted Metal drop. I had to play them both. <laughs> Put in your chest. All right, Joey, bring us into the theme, why you picked it, and the first game. Well, I picked it because of the first game. I was surprised we never played it. And I wanted to play something similar to, I guess, kind of get compared, but not really. So that's why I picked Buddy Platforming, because of Banjo-Kazooie. Right, I'm so it. surprised it has not been picked with how many years you've been doing this. We did Banjo-Tooie years ago, didn't we? Don't know. Or maybe did we just you, avoided I the can't. franchise altogether. <clears throat> I can't remember. Uh, we have never done Banjo-Tooie either. Yeah. Hmm. Well, how about that? All right, new grounds here today. <laughs> yep. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie uh, came out in 98, uh, developed by Rare, published by Nintendo, and then published by Microsoft 2008 to the Xbox, which is the version I played, because I had the Rare Collection thing where you got, like, all of their games on the Xbox. Yeah, the Rare Collection is, like, one of the best Rare things replay. Xbox has ever put out. Yeah, it's kind of like a precursor to the, uh, the, whatever the hell they call their subscription thing right now. Get a lot of games for cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the major difference that I'm aware of between the two versions is the music notes. The original, they're kind of a high score per level. And then when you go back in, you have to start over collecting them all. The Xbox version is the collection is permanent, like all the other collections. Okay. Which all right. makes it easier and a lot less annoying. But I love this game. This game. It's fantastic. The the music is just amazing. Does get a little boring with all the collections because you have to collect so many different things, but I think everything else about it makes it not that much of a drag compared to other platformer collection type games. Yeah, I mean, uh, on, especially on the N64, Collect 'em Ups was kind of a staple of this era, you know, 96 to 99. I would say that's kind of when a lot of that uh, went down. Uh, Donkey Kong 64 falls into that. Uh, it, you could name, you know, 20 more titles. Because uh, this uh, Kirby <laughs> was a fucking collect up during this era. That kind of tells you a lot. So Banjo-Kazooie, I liked... <sighs> Shit, I, I... You know what? I didn't know Banjo-Kazooie was a thing until I actually played Diddy Kong Racing at a friend's house. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, because Banjo was a character in the in the racing game. So it's like, uh, what yeah. is that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rebecca's place, I remember. of all places, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah she, had the, she, had, she had the N64. I did not. <laughs> I remember seeing uh, commercials for this. It's like these guys sitting around a campfire and this dude's telling a really telling a scary story and the dudes are just laughing at him. 
and it's got big pointy teeth. <laughs> the other guy's like, yeah, pigs fly. But then a narrator says, no, bears fly. And then you see a first person view of a guy being grabbed by a bear being carried by a bird. And then it shows footage of the game. It's one of those wacky commercials from the time. I for that's how they usually did it for N64. This commercial. This sounds so familiar. I can kind of picture the scenes. Yeah, it ends with like the guy, the bear and the bird and the dude flying in front of the moon, ET style. You know what? That remind you know. I talk a lot about commercials. Commercials from the this era were just so much better than even commercials from the 80s and early 90s and especially now where like you don't even it's just it's just showing you gameplay and stuff and that's kind of i think i think a lot of it's gotten lazy because you know i i think ratchet and clank got pretty popular uh at least at least uh for people recognizing what the game is based on those wacky commercials and these banjo kazooies and Crash Bandicoot with the creepy, uh, <laughs> life-sized mascot-looking guy, like those things were very memorable from the time. Not so, not so much now. Like, when was the last time you saw a game commercial that kind of stuck out in your head? I don't even remember yeah, last time I saw remember. a game commercial. Exactly. <laughs> but you think they like pop up on YouTube? Like a lot of the times, and the most I see is for like the video game console itself, not the games. I think the only things I see is when they're tied into like fast food, like the Diablo 4 KFC stuff. But it was a KFC commercial that had Diablo 4. Oh. I mean, I see Fortnite commercials a lot, but it's always just next season, this next season coming. <laughs> what they're tying into. You can play uh, as whoever the fuck in Fortnite. I don't think I've ever seen a Fortnite commercial. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's been a long time since I've watched actual TV. Everything's streaming now and YouTube. And YouTube always gears the ads algorithmically so you don't get a huge variety of types of ads so you know what you are you are right about that i i am getting pounded with tons of golf ads <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> yeah it's just like vice comes up constantly uh the titleist like new driver like all those things i'm, like, I'm not buying those things though <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh the music in this is phenomenal it's by yeah. uh Kirkhope. Uh, very famous guy. I like that it changes too. Actually, it's the same song, but like in Mumbo Mountain, if you go underwater, it's more aquatic sounding. You go over by that gorilla thing and has more drums added to it. So at least it's not the same song the whole level. There's some variety when you move about. Yeah, it's very it's very theme heavy and then changes as you go about the level. That is a that is an excellent point. That is one of the stronger points of the banjo kind of series, I believe. Well, series. Yeah, I only two I games. looked it up. <laughs> I looked it up. Apparently this is one of the first games to have vertical remixing for its soundtrack, Ooh. which is where the the music changes depending on your location in the level. I have seen that sort of thing done in other games. I can't really remember off the top of my head, although one example I looked up was Uncharted 2. And it's always cool when they do that. Okay. Okay. Uh, puzzle solving was very straightforward and simplistic. Uh, collect the things, go to the thing, activate the thing. That's kind of the extent to the puzzles. Uh, what'd you guys think of the boss fights? Was it challenging enough, not challenging enough, to the point? Or is it kind of like all Nintendo things where it's just... Uh, Kind of like Mario, where it's, where it's jump on the thing three times, very simplistic and straightforward. I didn't get as far as any boss fights. I I couldn't find a copy of this game, so I just watched it on YouTube. Mm. But believe me, I want to play it. I mean, there's very uh, able N64 emulators out there, Colin. <laughs> 
Seems that way. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of uh, boss fights, so I guess they're not that memorable. That's that's kind of, that that was kind of my point. That's one of the big things about Banjo Kazooie that uh, I would criticize it for is the game is mostly just the collect them up with good platforming. Don't get me wrong. You do have to go back to these worlds multiple times over to kind of complete what you need to, especially with a lot of the puzzle pieces and what you need to advance to the games. But, you know, when it comes to the sense of progression, which is to me, boss fights, that's very important for a game like this. And that was a huge, I think, flaw through Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, I can see that. It's not it's not a linear game. You very much uh go through the world kind of wandering around until you find what you need. Yeah, especially if you're in the original version for the money or the music sound, which I guess isn't 100% necessary. I need I know you need them for some things, but if you collect all of them, you get I think double health bar for the final fight, mm-hmm. which can be very helpful. Yeah. Uh much of the game is completing the tasks, getting the new ability, and that opens it up new things. So, again, very straightforward. It's 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 not like they were breaking new grounds for anything, but it was just so polished and well-made that that's... And it, and it was a new IP, which I think can't be understated, uh, because there was just so much time in between, I think, new IPs for Nintendo specifically... And for a game to be this polished, I think that's why Banjo-Kazooie got, it was so successful when it came out. Yeah, I think another thing that helped, which I didn't realize until after I saw a review about it, you don't get kicked out after you get a puzzle piece and have to start the level over. You continue playing through the level, so it's not like Mario. Every time you get whatever the hell you collect Mario, now I'm drawing a blank. Well, that was, uh, that was, yeah, that was Mario, yeah, that was Mario 64. You get kicked out and have to start the level over. Right. Banjo, you kept playing, so you didn't have to start over every time. Yeah, that t- that took that took the next step uh, from the that Mario sixty four formula because Mario sixty four was, I mean, it's still regarded as one of the the best kind of platforming games of all time. So for K- Banjo Kazooie to essentially be something like that, uh, and then improving on maybe certain negativities. Uh, that Mario 64 was lacking. But remember, Mario 64 came out a couple years before <laughs> Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, I, it's not just Mario 64 I see in this game. I'm, I'm also seeing a lot of Conker's Bad Fur Day in it. Yep. Um, was it made by the same people? Probably. Probably. Uh, I mean, let's see. They're both I, rare games, so why not? I believe the Donkey Kong people were involved with Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, the music was the same. Donkey Kong 64, I think, was the same guy. Was it not made by the same, like, group of people? That I don't know, but I just know uh, Grant did. Well, yeah, Kirkhope definitely did Donkey Kong, but I think even the the designers, that's why Banjo kind of has a Donkey Kong-esque look to him. I hope I'm right. It could be. Um, Let me see. Rare Beyond Work 697, following thing, it was... When did Donkey Kong 64 come out? <clears throat> and becoming... Let's see. Donkey Kong 64 came out in 97. 99. So, okay, so it was But they after. started working on it. They started working on it in 97. So they were working on it about the same time. A 16-person team with many recruits from the Banjo group. There you go. Finished it. So, yeah. 16 people came over from Banjo to finish it. Gotcha. Okay. That does make sense. That does make sense to me. Okay. Uh... Well, not oh, 16. I'm reading. Okay, I'm reading. I'm reading that uh, it was even Donkey Kong 64 was even made of the same engine as Banjo Kazooie as well. Yeah, it makes sense. They're about the same time. I doubt they had different engines. Right. Different. Yeah. 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 Uh, both made by Rare. Same group of people. Yeah. No wonder. Okay. All right. My assumption was correct. <laughs> More or less. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Do you think Banjo here? This is my last question. Do you think Banjo Kazooie could have had a lot more stopping power, staying power, if the main villain was better? Mm. I wonder. Because why? You know, I'm thinking. Why is 
Mario or Sonic like so so popular at least in the terms of like a game to game sense and it's the villain you know Bowser uh you, you can throw Zelda in there too with Ganondorf uh Sonic with Eggman I never got the feeling that this uh, Gruntilda witch person was truly part See, of like this I this crazy don't universe. think so because we can talk about that with the next game since the villain changes in that series so I don't think having a mainstay villain is necessary, but lacking anything. I mean, it was the witch was doctor the, thing was kind of there. So was the villain good enough? And the first one, maybe not, but I think everything else was good. And I don't even remember anything about the second game. So couldn't tell you what went wrong with that. Well, um, the second game, I believe is Gruntilda's like, which family or sisters or something. So they tried to have some sort of tie-in to the first game's villain, I believe. But, you know, for a, a witch? I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the right fit. Oh, I didn't even know they made a third game. Oh, third game is notorious I mean, not- for being like an all-time bad. <laughs> Nuts and bolts? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know that existed. Which makes sense as to why they booted the other ones to Xbox, because this came out on the Xbox. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that was when uh, Microsoft bought Rare and then tried to do Banjo-Kazooie, and then it was just like a dumpster fire. Yeah, I mean, I think they could easily revitalize the series if they do something kind of like Mario and try to reinvent some of the things, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think they just got to stay with what has worked, kind of with uh, Crash Bandicoot, the the newest one, 4. Just make another Crash game. So much time has passed. Just make another Banjo game. Maybe the collect up aspect wouldn't be uh, as, you know, great. You can still have elements of that, but, you know, there certainly you could certainly just upgrade a lot of the game elements, and I think that would be good enough. What would you call it? Banjo 3E? (laughs) (laughs) You know, Banjo 3s and then introduce another like kind of help character. Maybe? I don't know. Anyways, uh, I passed Banjo-Kazooie. It's a phenomenal game. I just have some uh, questions and aspects over things that could be improved upon. Yeah, I pass it. Yeah, pass it. All right, second last game, Joey. Yes, the next one is Ratchet and Clank Up Your Arsenal. Third one in that series. Developed by Insomnia Games, published by Sony, and it came out in 2004. So clearly we all booted up our PS2s and uh, got the online Mm -hmm. multiplayer to work, right? No, I played this on the PS5. (laughs) I played the (laughs) PS3 remastered version streamed through my PS5. (laughs) Played the PS2 game on the PS3 streaming on your PS5. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just booted up my PS2. And, and actually, the streaming actually worked not too bad. I only liked like twice, so it was actually not that bad playing it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I talked about, uh, I'm just going to say it right away. I talked about the main villain in Banjo-Kazooie. Yes. The main villain this... in Up Your Arsenal is the introduction to Dr. Nefarious. And Dr. Nefarious yes. has been a... More or less staple to Ratchet and Clank but games he, going he forward. He wasn't in all since. of them. He was not in, in all. One. No. And then he, he is a good villain, but you don't always need that villain. But they always have good stories with Ratchet and Clank. Yes, but anytime uh, the Ratchet and Clank series has gone to some sort of villain or coming back, it's it's it, to me it's just it's along the lines of cra- Crash with uh, Cortex. Not mm-hmm. in every game, but such a strong character that when they return, you like yeah. them a part of the game rather than not. Yes. But since this game came out in like a yearly basis around that time, was this game enough from its predecessor? Well, from uh, friends and own experiences and you and I, uh, yes, I think the upgrade uh, from Ratchet Clank 2 to 3 was significant. It was mostly multiplayer. So, yeah. 
because everything else about the single player wasn't that big of a difference. They even took some things out from the second game to the third game. I think the polish behind the game was just so much better, and they were able to better. utilize the PS2 system more. Yeah, it was a more upgraded version. There's 20 guns instead of 18. Um, you can do five upgrades per gun instead of four, and then later eight once you did the challenge mode. <clears throat> but they took out the space battles, some mini games, and like the grind rail stuff that was in the second one. I mean, there was still grind rail stuff and, and zip cords and pulley system. I mean, that was still in it. But yeah, they took out a lot of the snuff and fluff of the second game. Because I think they focused on multiplayer, which to me was a good addition. Sure. Uh, where I think it, it it's it's it succeeded in being strongest was I think the story was better. I think that was huge for people. But yeah, honestly, the level the level design and layouts, I think this was the game where Ratchet and Clank staff went this is how we make these levels the, the like there was um you never felt overwhelmed uh, unfairly the weapons i think they finally got down to uh corks and gadgets uh properly because I, I think this is truly there's been two peaks to me in ratchet and clank and you kind of felt them at the same time i think it was this game for the ps2 era and then on the PS3, it was the sequel uh, to the first PS3 game. Quest for Booty? No, it would it would be um, like a Kraken Time. I think that's what it was. Kraken Time was the third one on the PS3. Then t- Tools no, for Destruction. No, no, no. Was... There was there was a. Uh, I guess maybe there was four. But anyways, Kraken Time was definitely I think the peak of that, and then Up Your Arsenal was the peak here because. Anytime there's been kind of a struggle in the Ratchet and Clank series, there's always been some sort of weird element missing to it, where it kind yeah. of feels like it, it falls into that Tomb Raider trap of, you know, it's just kind of, it feels like annual releases, and it's just the same game over and over again. Assassin's Creed felt that way a couple times, but those are also kind of on the broken sense as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think Ratchet and Clank Up Your Arsenal had a good enough upgrade to what makes it work. Um, and I, I, I speak from personal experience with, uh, you know, all, all, all of us, because we I had all these games, and this this immediately felt like it was the best one. Yeah, I, I would say it's up there with one of the better ones. Although I have not played Rift Apart, I don't think. Rift Apart's really good. It's so it's need... re- it's it's really smooth and a lot of the gameplay elements. I uh, do I say it's the third best behind this one in Kraken Time? Maybe Rift in Time is just super seamless with the console. I mean, it's it's very much a modern game. <laughs> it could do yeah, a lot more. Um, yeah, Colin, what's your experience with uh? Up your arsenal. Uh, I only managed to play like half an hour of this one. It's funny. My uh, my actual PS2 was uh, not playing actual PS2 games anymore. It it only played PS1 games. Oh. So I had to go to a retro game store and buy another PS2. So so that that actually does work. So. It's all good now. And I only played like the first level. And I can't I can't really say much more, just it's more classic ratchet and clank. No. Was was the this music? the game was this the game I, I I believe I believe Going Commando introduced the strafe system, but I think this was the one that was able to really polish it, and that was huge for this series gameplay. Um, I don't remember if it was in Going Commando, but it definitely was something you needed to do in this game. Yeah, I, I think I, I vaguely remember the strip. God, I gotta, I gotta replay Going Commando, but I believe this is the one that once it introduced the strafe element, it was a brand, it was, it, it was a brand new game just on that one mechanic. Ugh, I, I, I can't be, sh- I can't be sure if this was the one that did it or it, or it polished it to the heights that it needed. Um. Loved all the suit upgrades and all that shit in this game. That was big. 
there was just so much to collect and do and upgrade, which was super nice. And the yeah. weapons were fun as hell. Yeah, that's that's usually how it goes with Insomniac games. They always have creative weapon design. Yeah, Insomniac's phenomenal company. Absolutely. And the music is pretty rocking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Insomniac music always has this weird kind of future techno-esque balance to it at all times. Yeah. Yeah. What have they done lately? Insomniac? Oh! Ha- yeah. Um, I mean, Spider-Man, isn't it? Yeah, Spider-Man 2 comes oh, right. out this year. And right, then Ratchet right. and Clank Rift Apart. And Spider-Man's. I totally forgot about that. I still have to play that. I've I've got the game of the year edition in my in my possession, so it's got all the DLC. Oh, let's see here. I'm looking for anything else they've done besides. Nope, they're sticking with uh, Spider-Man, which is uh, wildly successful, <laughs> to say yeah. the least. Yeah, yep. I'm excited for the new one. Well, looks, out. looks like they're also making Marvel's Wolverine for PS5, so that should be cool. Okay, so I have Insomniac's like list of games here in front of me. Uh, A Crack in Time was the quote-unquote second game on the PS3. There was the DLC Quest for Booty, which was okay, after Tools of Destruction. Then there was the not-so-good games of All for One and Full Frontal Assault. Those weren't great. They brought it. They uh, brought the franchise back to simplicity with Into the Nexus. And then they rebooted the series on the PS4 with Ratchet and Clank, same name, and now Rift Apart. So, shocker that the games got better when they kind of stuck with this formula that we're talking about where uh, try to upgrade the games in meaningful ways, but don't change what made the game popular in the first place. You know, there's a reason why Tomb Raider are generally very favorable games, and then if your worst critique is, yeah, it just feels like another Tomb Raider game, maybe that's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> it just it it just won't uh, sell as well if you don't change enough to it, which is our main sequel critique. Yeah. Which is why I was asking the question on this one, because I think it does just enough for it to be different right and and then maybe they recognized this was their peak and they had to change stuff to it which is why when they um they did like the arena the the fourth game um forget the name off the top of my head i just closed it out but uh the fourth game on the ps2 was definitely a downgrade it was still a well-made game but clearly it lost its popularity when uh, deadlock deadlock yeah deadlock it's it's mostly just arena battles I even forgot that one existed. Yeah. Played the hell out of it, but definitely not as good. <laughs> Colin, I want your opinion on Dr. Nefarious. I didn't get that far. You suck. Joey, I want your opinion on Dr. Nefarious. I like him. I think he's a good villain. That's it, huh? What about yep, voice? That's all you're going to get from Voice me. actor was good. Very Try, memorable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hear his voice in my head. <laughs> Damn you, Ratchet! <laughs> it's very, it's very, <laughs> mem- yeah, it's just a memorable, memorable character, memorable villain. Uh, that's why he's been, that's why he's been, him and Cork, those yeah. two characters are repeatable. Mainstays, yeah. Yeah, they're mainstays. They're very, they're very much a part of the franchise now. I did like Cork in this game, starting out with the mindless leader of what those like monkey like robots <laughs> yeah fantastic yep okay uh i pass up your arsenal i don't have much else to say about it uh, i pass it as well yeah i'll give it a pass all righty so our three or two get three games two games up your arsenal retro and clank and banjo kazooie colin you go first favorites and your tears I'll say Banjo is my favorite. As for tears, 
They both get A's. All right, keeping it simple. What you got, Joey? Ratchet is my favorite, and they also both get A's. Uh, okay. Uh, Ratchet's my favorite, and I'm giving up your arsenal an S, actually. Uh, but Banjo gets okay. an A. Uh, I think that just makes everything A's in the end. So it kind of doesn't matter. Uh, wildly successful two games, Joey. What a shock. Yeah, I know. I'm nice for once. You're nice for once. Um, Enjoy it while it lasts. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I get the next theme pick. I think we'll probably uh, stick with what I'm good at lately. Hint, hint. Which is? Well. Golf. Golf. (laughs) I'm doing a golf (laughs) (laughs) theme. I'm doing a golf theme. So I'll pick two golf games. Uh, maybe even okay. a third, just to kind of, because I, I expect us not to play these super long. <laughs> I'll just I'll just hit it all at once. <laughs> I will the allow a third if one of them is a putt putt game. Maybe we'll do four. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll, maybe we'll just go crazy with the golf games because how how much can you possibly talk about them? But uh, that'll be the next theme, guys. This has been fun. See you next time. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye now.